Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the podcast. This is the first intro of season two, baby. And I'm with my co-host here, Brooklyn. How you doing, Brooklyn? Hey, everybody. And this is very special season two because um, so far it's virtual. Yes, this is the first intro we've done on on zoom over over um online it's just crazy it's weird a little bit different but you know what we're still gonna bring content we're not gonna just stop interviewing people we can still do it we gotta keep we gotta keep the interviews coming so um let everybody how's the high school been brooklyn how's the how are classes how's the online learning going back to that (laughs) oh man um it's so different Everyone you talk to, when they find out, like, I'm, I have math and then I have biology right now online. When people, when you tell people, yeah, I have math online, they're like, oh, my, I, nope, would not want to be doing that. I don't want to do that. Me neither, people. Me neither. Yeah, I, I cringe, do too. I don't want to be doing math. Oh but, I mean, goodness. we're getting through it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the way your timetables is set up is it's just math, right? Like, that's... It's quadmesters now. So, it's two classes for, like, two and a little bit months each, oh, I believe. okay. Yeah. So, two classes instead of four to focus on. But it's eh, it's all day the same class and then all week the same class. Every okay. other week you switch. Or would you rather the old way? I, I probably would prefer semesters because I liked not having to sit for one one class for like four hours. That just kind of gets a little bit, mm-hmm. you're kind of done after a couple, but oh, yeah, true. we're making do, we're making do. Making do, that's how we do. But for this second episode, because we released the COVID sucks episode, we actually recorded that before the new year, and um, but we just, uh, the pandemic hit pretty hard again. We went back in second lockdown, so it was kind of hard to get something new set up so we have that out and we thought but we thought it'd be good timing to release that anyways but what do we have today Brooke? we got we got somebody talking about we've got more than one actually today we've got three lovely ladies coming on to teach everyone about social enterprise we've got shaylin jenna and ellie on today yes and um they talk about all things social enterprise and what they do with that guys you will learn what social enterprise really is because i know i didn't know yeah, like, and I feel like like these people, they almost everybody I meet that gets into this kind of thing, they do like so many different kinds of jobs before they do like a job in social enterprise. Like they'll do like, like with Ellie, like what she was like, what she's gonna talk about. She talks. Oh, that's true. That's true. I won't spoil. Okay, fine. We'll leave it to the viewers. But uh, most of those people do a lot of different things, so you'll see kind of what they do, um, like what all those people did before they got into social enterprise, which is really cool. But um, I know we do a lot of work with those kinds of people at Launchpad, so um, it's going to be a good one, and um, I cannot wait to uh, get into it. So uh, without, without further ado, everybody, listen to get ready for episode two. <laughs> get ready. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast and um, our guest today, we have Ellie Green and her whole team. Um, how are you guys all doing? Hello, hello. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So uh, Ellie, why don't you introduce uh, yourself and everybody you got uh, on with us? Sounds great. 
So yeah, hi, I'm Ellie Green. I am a social enterprise um, super fan or social enterprise consultant. Um, I am working on a bunch of different projects with a bunch of amazing people. And um, I have Shailen McKay and Jenna Stefanato joining us as well today. We have a couple other fabulous team members we work with, but um, we figured the three of us on this call is probably enough. Awesome, awesome. And uh, just talk um, talk to us about um, what you guys all do. Like what is, tell us about social enterprise because I know a lot of youth have a lot of questions about exactly what social enterprise is. So let everybody know exactly what, what you guys do with that. Maybe we should do a quick go around. We'll tell you all a little bit about what we, who we are, and then yes, um, maybe yes. I'll let Jenna be the, the social enterprise definer. So I'll jump in first. So as I mentioned, um, so I work as a consultant out of elliegreen.com now. So it's a new shift from the pandemic, but um, all of us have been working on a project called the Community Benefit Purchasing Project. And it's based at Georgian College out of the initiative called SENCO, which is the Social Enterprise Network of Central Ontario, which is housed at Georgian Center for Change Making and Social Innovation. So a big mouthful there, but um, we can tell you more about that uh, throughout today's uh, uh, podcast. I also teach at Georgian College um, Community Development and Community Practice for the Social Service Worker Program. And I was the lead for SENCO, um, which I just referenced. Um, and that actually brought me back to this area. I grew up in Eugenia, but was mm -hmm. down in Toronto for about 17 years. And I worked- oh, wow. Yeah, as social enterprise developer, I worked at a homeless shelter for eight plus years in a bunch of roles, went to OCAD, went to U of T, and yeah, I worked in the film industry, did all sorts of stuff. But um, so that's a, just a brief on me, and maybe I'll pass it over to Jenna to just share a little bit about her, who she is and her experience. Sure. Yeah, so I'm Jenna Stevanato. Um, my current role is project coordinator for Senco. Um, so I've been working with Senco since, I guess, September of 2019 officially, um, but I've been doing work with the Center for Changemaking and Social Innovation for a few years now. Um, I went to Wilfrid Laurier University um, for business, and that's where I first was introduced to social enterprise. Um, yeah, so we're doing lots of awesome work right now in central Ontario, really just um, trying to build capacity for social enterprise development um, in uh, the communities and also within Georgian College, uh, working with uh, the different uh, staff and faculty and students there. Awesome. Yeah, and I guess I can tell you a bit about myself. As Ellie mentioned, my name is Shaylin. Um, I'm actually a recent graduate from Georgian College. I got a social service worker diploma program at the South Georgian Bay campus there in Collingwood. Um, it's pretty crazy to graduate amidst the pandemic, kind of unprecedented times, but I was born and raised here in Own Sound with my three older brothers, and I'm actually Indigenous to Fort William First Nations in Thunder Bay. We're quite a ways from home. Um, since I've been a student at Georgian, I've been able to work with Ali like as a placement student working at Senco, and now I've actually like been lucky enough to get a CI can impact internship. So that's how I'm working with Ellie at the moment. That sounds awesome, guys. So my question is now, 
why did you guys get into this this line of work and these projects specifically like with Co? I love that. This is a great question. I feel like we should define, I feel like Jenna should define what social enterprise is. Okay, I see how it is, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can give you a little bit of context. Um, I will first start by saying that social enterprise is very difficult due to, to define. Um, everyone has a different definition for it. And um, so it really is um, based on interpretation. And But there are some key elements to social enterprise. Um, so it's a, it's a business that's financially sustainable, um, that has a social, cultural, and or environmental mission. Um, so they really prioritize their um, social goals, social impact in, in what they do. And often they are, they identify some kind of need or gap in a community and they use what they're doing with their business operations in order to meet that need or fill that gap. Um, I really like, so we, we talked with Mary Ferguson quite a bit over the few, over the last few years. And I always love what she says when she talks about social enterprise, um, she says, show me the money. And I love that because it's so true when you really get to the core of social enterprise, um, and you see how business businesses are prioritizing what they do based on where their money is going. So you can see, are they prioritizing what they're doing in the community and their social impact over their profit? So I just think that's a really neat and true um, component or definition of what social enterprise is really at its core. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is so cool. So obviously, like you brought up, this pandemic has affected almost everything, the way you know, the way businesses do all their business basically. And you guys being a social enterprise, that's a, it must be a lot of social work, it's in the name. So how, how much has your guys' jobs changed? Yeah, I mean, I can jump in there. Um, I, uh, with the pandemic, um, a key part obviously for us um, has been the full transition to virtual work. So I think that's um, something to to really highlight. And I know everybody now knows what that looks like. Um, so we have been working virtually since March of last year. And, you know, one thing that's really interesting about social enterprise um, and, and development work. So we're supporting all different organizations across the region to, to create, to develop, to envision a social enterprise. And, you know, social enterprise and development is all about change, right? So social enterprises are looking to make positive um, social, environmental, um, or cultural change in our communities through business. And um, when you look at the word development, it's all about, you know, change, you know, developing is supporting change and change is uh, an exciting and kind of a hard process. So I bring all that up because the pandemic has just brought so much change, you know, to us as individuals, to organizations in our region, to communities. So we essentially have been still really busy and um, working on the projects that some of the projects had started and some projects have started um, after the pandemic. And I really envision that we probably will continue to be pretty busy 
because so much of the work that we do is focused on supporting people to change, um, create new initiatives. So we are, you know, we really help people pivot. So I, I envision we'll continue to be pretty busy because the pandemic has started this kind of ripple of change. So that's what I'd say. I don't know, Shay or Jenna, what, how, what you would say. Yeah, I think absolutely the pandemic has given not just social enterprise sector, but everybody a chance to really stop and take a look at how how we want to move forward. And it's been interesting over the last few years, like I've noticed even as a 24 year old, I'm pretty young, but people are moving um, more towards sustainable business practices and things that are good for our environment and having social enterprise come up during this pandemic when people are already at this pivoting point like Ellie mentioned is it, I think it could be really powerful for especially for youth who want to get into their own business and start helping their communities like social enterprises is really an avenue for for people to make change awesome I'll maybe add one last thing that I've noticed anyways since um, we started working 100% remotely in March. Um, I've noticed a lot of people, especially in the social enterprise sector, are or became more accessible in a way. Um, we were able to talk with people all over the country that we we would not have to be, been able to otherwise um, because everyone was at home. Everyone has was uh, virtual and information sharing and learning and sharing knowledge I found became a lot more um we could do it in in a much more efficient way which I thought was really cool as well yeah yeah I feel like a lot of businesses are starting to kind of pick up on that they're, they're adapting to the virtual online world of communicating through that way and almost yes it's true almost everybody has to has to kind of come up with new ways to do business and new ways to keep their to keep their um, their businesses going, and you guys—that's exactly where you guys kind of come in. So that's that's at enough. least everybody's at least everyone's learning how to use Zoom now. So then in the future we can utilize it more for things. Yes, true. Yeah, exactly. And okay, I would like to go back to inspiration and why you're doing it because I, I want heartfelt answers here. No, <laughs> but I, I like to start with Shaylin. I'd like like why did you get to choose to get the degree you did and go into social enterprise? So. Like I chose to get a social service worker diploma because I've always been um, pretty passionate about wanting to help people and wanting to help people at a like, community level. Um, as an Indigenous person, like I, I thought that that was my best route. And as I got into um, that course, we start talking about community development. And I had Ali as an instructor and she's obviously so excited about social enterprise. It kind of rubbed off on me. And as I like learned more and more about what social enterprise means and the roots of social enterprise, how it's kind of, it really is based in communities taking care of communities and thinking about like, like I've mentioned sustainability. And when I think about that, it really aligns with what I've always known as indigenous teachings as um, like we, we really have a, concept of thinking of the next seven generations and when I think of social enterprise like that's that's sustainability right that those things go hand in hand for me so I really believe that um, this sector is a way for indigenous communities and indigenous entrepreneurs to um, forge a path forward 
that is that's independent and healthy and sustainable so like we can like we're already kind of in these two worlds we can we can do that in business as well that is so great to hear that's a beautiful reason to do that so that's you're you're in the right you're in the right uh you're in the right trade for sure that's awesome it, so it feels well, like it for sure yeah yeah that's that's so great so what would you guys say is the best part about your job Oh, I so wanted to hear Jenna's answer to Brooke's question. Yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. See, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm getting, I'm still rusty. It's been a while since we've done one. So yeah, for sure. Sure, go ahead. My <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so like I said, I went to Laurier for business. And after my first couple of years of classes, I really just started to notice like there's something missing here. And so I started just to seek out um, different courses went for my electives. And one course was Social Enterprise 101. And it just sort of felt like I found the missing link to what I had um, been feeling that gap was in my business classes. And um, yeah, so as a business student, I just really felt like there is more to business than just profit and making money. And, and you can do that in a very sustainable way. And so once I realized that I was just like, yeah, this is it. And I really, um, I sought out, so I had three co-op placements and for each of them, I sought out, um, a co-op in the social enterprise sector. So I worked with, uh, community builders, which is a construction social enterprise in Barrie. And then I worked out in Vancouver for Bi Social Canada and, um, and I worked for the center for change making and social innovation as well. And that's really when I was like, Yes, like the people working in this space are so innovative and they're making change and it was just so inspiring. And so I, um, yeah, I, I just decided that this is, this is my path. This is my career path that I, that I want to pursue. Um, and it's just been, yeah, like once I could put my passion for um, like social issues and combine that with like, I really enjoy business. So once I found that happy medium and that you really can do both, um, that was just a really exciting thing for me. And it, it became, um, like I wanted to tell all my peers about it and all my friends. And so the student aspect too, of what we do now is, I mean, I guess that's getting into your other question, but working with, um, the students at Georgian and, and getting to see them now understand that, you can do business and do good at the same time. That's um, what I really love, I think, and and getting to to see that through with other students who want to pursue social enterprise as as their career path. So, yeah. So um, yeah, going off that, and yeah, um, so Ali and and Shaylin, what what do you guys love about the job? I can yeah build off of what Jenna said, how she mentioned just being inspired by the work that's being done. Um, it was only really last year that I first got dived, dove into social enterprise and got to learn about what it all meant. And being able to see that that the work, good work is being done, that, that people on the back end of things really are putting in that effort to do... Just, like healthy business is really important. Like um, not having seen that before was kind of discouraging. So now I guess the best part of this job has really been able to like there, 
like I get to witness it all happening and I get to be like a little a fly on the wall in the room as these conversations are happening and it's it's really really like like Jenna had mentioned it's inspiring that's definitely the best part of this job for me whoops yeah hey um I saw Jenna she had to run but um I'm excited to answer this question as well but uh Jenna's also she's uh, our podcast host at um Senko yeah, we did a, a two-part series. So if you want to hear more about Jenna or you want to hear more from Jenna, there's a podcast you guys can listen to at senko.io. But um, diving back into these questions, because I think these questions are so awesome. And Shay and Jenna's response just have, have so many ideas coming to mind for me too. And mm -hmm. I think what's really different for me on my journey, um, I'm, a, I'm a bunch older than both Shay and Jenna. And um, I, uh, I, I got into social enterprise before I even knew what social enterprise was. So I think that's also interesting because it's become far more of a common term now, but um, uh, before it wasn't as common. And so I, uh, I moved to Toronto, like I said, and went to school and I needed to work. So as soon as I got to Toronto, I started looking for a job and I ended up getting a job at a homeless shelter because they, it was actually a men's homeless shelter, but they needed female staff for when the drop-in would be open. So I got into working at a homeless shelter and um, spent a bunch of years there, but that shelter ended up launching a social enterprise. And what, so this was the first time I came in contact with the social enterprise. And in short, what it was, was, you know, at a shelter, 108 uh, bed shelter, 108 guys stayed every night, woke up every morning and, you know, needed a whole, needed a home, needed a job, needed, you know, a lot of support in their next steps. And on the organizational side, every day, linen staff would, you know, strip all the beds and a laundry service would pick up all the sheets and all the towels and would wash them. And one of the biggest expenses of this shelter, this nonprofit organization, um, was this linen fee. And so um, this idea came to mind. We have, you know, what's the gap in our, our, our actual close community is we have 108 guys who need work. And what's one of the biggest challenges in our expenses as an organization is this linen fee. And so what ended up happening was the exploration of a social enterprise linen, uh, linen service that trained and employed um, guys from the shelter to work in it. And it became a training program where guys would, you know, get all the training they needed to enter the workforce, work for a bunch of, uh, of uh, chunks of time at the linen service, build up skills, experience, and then move out into the workforce to work for other organizations. So that was the first encounter I had with social enterprise. And when you think about that example, it's just like mind blowing, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, a problem, two problems, you put them together in a different formation and there's this like amazing solution in social enterprise. So that was the first time I encountered social enterprise and it didn't quite click. Like I didn't even remember that term then. Um, but then the second time was I actually started my own business called Clothing Brand Experiment um, in Toronto back in 2008. And it was sim similar to what Jenna and Shay were saying, you know, I just, wanted I just wanted a hoodie and I just wanted the hoodie to be entirely made 
in Toronto. Like I wanted, yeah. I wanted the fabric to be milled there. I wanted it to be cut and sewed. I wanted it to be dyed. I also didn't like, I was getting so tired of fast fashion and like, you know, had so little money when I started out in Toronto, like buy a hoodie somewhere and it just shrinks. I was like, I want that hoodie that's going to last forever. So I ended up researching and I got into a a program um, out of youth employment services down in Toronto. And I launched this company called Clothing Brand Experiment. And every garment was entirely made in Toronto. And it was all about um, that that local environmental sustainable model. And we did all these cool community collaborations because I went to OCAD and had a bunch of different artists and stuff that became um, friends and within my network. So we did all these cool collaborations and ended up doing one with a region park youth center. So I started engaging as a social entrepreneur into the social enterprise space then without also even knowing exactly what social enterprise was. And then from there, um, I ended up working at another organization called Sketch and really got into the social enterprise sector. And there is a huge sector in Canada and there's a lot of different organizations moving into this space, lots of experts and so forth. So anyway, I'm talking too much, but I'm um, going on and on and off, but that's kind of the, the early days and, and the questions, you know, like, is there a sustainable model? Yeah, there is. Why aren't more people doing it? Like, I want to do this. You know, I, I think that we need to start asking some of those harder questions of why doesn't this exist or why have we, you know, chosen other models and sacrificed social, environmental or cultural, um, you know, amazing uh, things along the way. Wow. You're definitely a woman of many trades. That's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. How long have you been doing social enterprise then, Ellie? So I'm 39. It's crazy. I mean, if you met me, you might think I look like 39, but if you hung out with me, you'd be like, whoa, she's still, (laughs) she's still a kid. (laughs) Just kidding. So yeah. So um, yes, I've been doing it for a while now. Wow. That is awesome. That is amazing. I feel like social enterprise is like, it's, it's a lot of, it's just a lot of problem solving. That's what it sounds like to me. It's a lot of like problem solving within your community. Totally. And, you know, so often, and as youth, I remember being a youth and you get the nose, no, can't do this. This can't happen. You know, there's, there seems sometimes like there's so many restrictions and sometimes it's just, you got to push, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. explore and there's, there's, yeah, there's problems and there's really cool solutions that can be win-win and and not sacrifice significant parts of our community and the people in our community, their histories and so forth. So is there any way that youth could get involved with social enterprise, like specifically Senco, because that's what you guys know, but is there opportunities for youth to, I don't know, help out with projects or learn more about things? Yeah, I mean, should you, do you have ideas here for this one? What do you think? Um, yeah, I think absolutely. I think there are like so many internships and different programs. I mean, we actually just got off a meeting where a 12th grade co-op student will get to be a part of kind of like a decision-making process for a youth-led initiative. And so if I'm sure she talked to her guidance counselor and told her what she was interested in. And you can come and speak with us at Senco or talk to the Center for Changemaking and Social Innovation. I think um, I think just asking questions to some of these people, you'll find um, they want to help. <laughs> like yeah. uh, Ellie mentioned, we get no's quite a bit, but there's this 
a whole group, a whole hidden group of people that really want to listen to youth actually like only really care about listening to youth and there we can tap into those everywhere just by asking the right questions yeah absolutely like she said you know i think um generally get curious get curious about the change you want to see in your community get curious about the type of business you know the type of entrepreneur you might want to be and not everybody needs to be an entrepreneur um but everybody lives in a community and can see areas where where improvement and change and cool things could happen so i think get curious and you know cling to that little bit of vision you have and yeah like shay just said there's going to be a lot of no's and hard work and so forth along the way but you know, um, it's important to hold to those exciting visions of change and positive programs and opportunities and so forth um, that need to exist. And then more practically, the suggestions Shay said are awesome. And yeah, Sanko.io is the site for Sanko and there's tons of resources there. Um, the site um, for elliegreen.com is up too, which has a highlight, uh, a show, uh, sorry, a case study on Senko and some other cool projects like Sketch and so forth. So look into, you know, examples of social enterprises, examples of, you know, development projects that have happened and, and don't be shy to reach out to organizations um, and say, hey, I want to learn more. Hey, I want to volunteer. Hey, I want to do a placement or, hey, I want to apply for that job you just posted. So, um, I think those are great avenues and centers like Launchpad. Um, you know, I know you guys are working with youth and building up entrepreneurial skills and making a big difference in the community. So, you know, a place like Launchpad can even act kind of like an incubator, like a youth business incubator and, and foster, um, you know, that, that uh, need for curiosity and exploration and experimentation that, um, is what's needed to get to, to social enterprise in the end. So, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I know we have been, um, we have been working close with different social enterprises and all that because we kind of are, you know, a part of the community, uh, community in a public way. So I know we'll be working with you, Ellie, uh, in the future. So we're really excited about, uh, that, uh, all the viewers, you can stay tuned for that project coming up. But, um, um, I got a question for you, Ellie. I'm not exactly sure how old you are, Shaylin, but I wanted to, so for Ellie and you can, you can answer this question too, Shaylin. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to your 16-year-old self, what would you say to them? Ooh, it's a good question. Um, just because uh, I'm so chatty today. Let me just paint a picture of me as a 16-year-old. Yes. Chat away, Ellie. You do your thing. Do your thing. Yeah, so me as a 16-year-old was going to Gray Highland Secondary School, who was, you know, getting 60s and 70s in my classes to make sure I'm passing, was very into my art class. And was making bracelets, pants, clothes, selling them to my friends. Oh, wow. Snowboarding. I was working at Talisman as a dishwasher so I could drive a car and get a snowboard. So I, um, yeah. I've always been, um, I guess, driven, but not always in the academic, mostly with, you know, friends and cool ideas and projects and creative, you know, avenues. And, as a 16 year old, you know, friends and family love me and they're always just like, yeah, just, you know, like, what the heck is she going to do? You know, 
how is she like, you know, is she going to become a, what are you going to become Ellie? Like it was always a, like, you're so outgoing and interesting and creative, but um, Mm -hmm. I never really, no one really (laughs) knew where to maybe direct me. And so it's interesting. Um, I, so I guess my words to a 16 year old would be, that's okay. You know, what are you passionate about and follow that because my passion and creativity and art, you know, one step at a time led me to move to Toronto to go to OCAD. And from there I went to the shelter and from there, you know, things built. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say, you know, find, that thing that makes you want to get up and do something and just just lean into it lean into it and it will continue to build and also i would say you know what if you maybe can't even write a really good paper or you're not that great at math or you're not that great at some of those pieces that our world really points um, to as the most important things. I just like, you can learn them and you can learn them in a more applicable, practical way in the workforce. And you can get to the point where you're somebody who, you know, can write monstrous grants and bring in funds and develop programs and do all sorts of cool things. Um, so I guess all in the all, I'd say you can blow your own mind and don't be scared to, cause you probably have so much more potential than you even know. That's beautiful. I love that answer. How about you, Shaylin? Well, so I, I'm 24. I'm not that far away from having been okay. 16. Okay, we're the same age then. Okay. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, like my 16-year-old self, I would say, is was quite different from Ellie's. Like I was very academically driven. I was on, was on a roll and on a path to university. Actually, I studied at um, Carleton for a few years at studying politics and linguistics and had a bit of a moment where I, I couldn't see how my educational path was going to lead to the work that I wanted to do. And I had almost been given um, like too much direction, been pushed always towards that academic uh, stream. And it took just taking a step back and realizing that you don't need to go ABC. It doesn't need to be high school, university career. Like the path can jig around a little bit. Like I ended up coming back to home and, and studying something completely different, social service work at Georgian and like getting that diploma has opened my eyes completely onto what social service is and, and all the different career paths that that has. Um, so I guess I would tell my 16-year-old self that like, it's okay. <laughs> like y- you might make mistakes and like, like I guess kind of what Elliot said, just find that thing that's in your stomach, like that gut reaction that makes you want to do, wake, wake up in the morning and, yeah. and do that, right? Like don't have to always listen to everyone around you. Sometimes it's okay to listen to that little voice in your head. Awesome. That sounds so great. Awesome, guys. And so this has been such a great interview. And so I just had one final question for both of you. So I was hoping you guys could leave the listeners with sort of a little general bit of inform- bit of advice you'd like to give them, just like about anything, about social enterprise, about the world, about just ge- in general. <laughs> Have you guys seen the Robin Williams movie uh, Robots, the cartoon? <laughs> Yes, I have actually. Yeah, I used to watch that all the time. 
Yeah, when when I get asked about um, giving advice to people, I think of Mr. Bigwell, who was like a really successful entrepreneur in that movie. Mm-hmm. And he says, see a need, fill a need. So mm. just as youth, as you're out in your communities, look around, pay attention to what's going on and use your creativity and come up with those ideas to fill that need. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, just a... I think one thing that um, has become really important for me in the last couple of years is uh, just to like take a breath, you know, take in a full breath and feel it and just be like, it's okay. You got this. You can do this. So just like the practical, take a breath, let go of the stress and um, tell yourself you can do it. Don't let that that critic or that worry overwhelm you and just one step at a time. Yeah. Make a difference. Awesome. I like that advice. Well, thank you so much to Ellie, Shaylin and Jenna for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. You guys, you um, do great work. I can tell you guys are all really passionate about what you do. And that makes me really happy uh, after the interviews to hear that, like the people doing these kinds of jobs are just super passionate about it. So thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you for having us. It was awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate it guys. It was great interview. Yeah, it's awesome to chat. Okay, everybody, and that was our lovely ladies teaching us about social enterprise. I don't know. How do you feel about that, Chris? Man, they do a lot for the community. And like I know Launchpad, like like I said before, we've started doing work with like a bunch of social enterprises and like trying to do some projects with them. So also stay tuned for those projects coming up because we're going to try and be um, giving you guys updates. We're doing some work actually with Ellie Green with that. But um, yeah, how did you enjoy that, Brooklyn? I like that. It's still a little confusing because they just do so many different things. But social yeah. enterprise really is a good thing. And I'm glad that there's people out there doing it and they're doing it well. Yeah, because they help out communities. So uh, if you want to help out your community, guys, um, get into social enterprise because that's basically what they do. That's their whole job is to invest in the community and to solve problems. They got into that. We talked about that too. It's just, you're just like, uh, you're just trying to solve little problems in the community and get a good creative with that. So thank you so much to Ellie Green, Shaylin and Jenna for coming on. Um, is there anything else you want to let the viewers know? Brooklyn, is there anything you got to say? Okay, guys. Um, if you're in Ontario, you know we're in another lockdown. So when you hear this, we'll be locking down again. But you know what? It's all good. You've still got time to do. You can now. You got more time to sit at home to decide on things to listen to podcasts. Exactly. Kids, you can figure out what you want to do. Look in some. Look into some stuff. There's always a bright side to things, and just I don't know. Live yeah. a good life, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Keep going with those goals and. Uh... Keep remember to talk to some friends because it's easy to get uh, stuck at home and get lonely and get down on yourself. So um, reach out to somebody, have a chat because it's better for you than you know. And uh, with that said, stay hydrated. Keep chasing those dreams. I'm Chris Hoekstra. And Brooklyn Dersom. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next week. Bye.